Isn't God been good? Um, to say uh, just a moment here, I would like to thank you for the opportunity to stand before you this good fine morning and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's not many people who get up on a Friday morning to go to church, but you chose to come to church, and we're grateful for that. I feel like a private first class amidst a bunch of general preachers, you know, so... And it's good to see that people hasn't eaten them yet, so I don't think they're going to eat me either. All right, all right. If you have your Bibles with you this good fine morning, turn with us to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, and when my help shows up, I'm going to get a little better. My help shows up. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping Oh, yes, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Well, before we ever get to the book of Acts, we step through four writers of a gospel message teaching about a man's life. Matthew depicts Jesus as the king, the lineage and that is found in Matthew is a king's lineage. Now kings are not chosen, kings, oh glory, are born. And then we step out of Matthew into Mark. Mark's book does not begin with a lineage. Mark's book begins almost with the ministry of John the Baptist. And Jesus is depicted in the book of Mark as the servant. There's no need for a lineage because for a servant, there's no need to know your past because your life is going to be about serving others. Well, as we step out of Matthew and into Mark and now we're gloriously walking in the book of the physician, Luke, we find that in this book, he's depicted as the son of men. The lineage in this book starts and it ends with a man called Adam. He is the son of man. Well, as we step out of the book of Luke and we step into this place called the book of John, we find in the verse 1 of the book of John, he does not start with a birth. He does not start with a ministry. No, beloved John goes all the way back and he said, in the beginning 
the Lord said. Oh, aren't you thankful for the word of God? That is what kept us facing these battles of everyday life. That's what kept us standing in the midst of the face of the enemy and saying, devil, not today, not today. We're going to serve God regardless of the matter. Our plow might fall short, but the word of God will always get in and it'll take you home. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? Well, I feel my help coming. I feel my help coming. Well, and now as I have told you about the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then I told you about John, and we step into this book called Acts. It is the up, down, and out book of our Bible. Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit come down, and oh, yes, she did. The church went out. And that's what we're part of today. We're part of the church. The church is not in this beautiful sanctuary. Oh, I didn't figure I'd get a lot of amens, but (laughs) God is in us. We are the church of the living God. That's why you can go down there to Frisch's and lead somebody to Jesus. That's why you can find somebody stranded on the side of the road and give them help and they look at you and find out there's something more to you than what's really there. Oh, yeah, because the church is more than just boards and nails and plaster and concrete. Oh, it's more than that. It's a born-again soul. Oh, now we find ourselves now. Let's get to the message. I'm not a fast preacher. I just hope they're cooking quick this morning. Uh, I don't preach a long time. I preach just long enough that people uh, will invite me back. (laughs) Oh, glory. Well, we find here now that Peter uh, Peter and John are headed to the temple at the hour of prayer. They're going there to pray. They had no intentions whatsoever to see anybody along the way to offer what they was about to offer. They was just being about their father's business, going to the house to pray. Well, along their journey, they run into a man who was born. When he was born, he was lame. He couldn't walk. He could do nothing but beg. We find out later that this lame man was 40 years old. In the, in the preview and the rest of the books here, you'll, you'll read it in the, in the following of this chapter, in the chapter 4, you'll read it. And now he's about 40 years old, and here he is setting out the gate called Beautiful. He's shaking a cup, whatever he had, trying to just get enough to get by. That's all he was looking for. He was looking for enough to get by today that tomorrow they can carry him back up here and then he can do it all over again. But Peter and John, as they walked up to the gate called Beautiful, and this man began to ask alms, you know, sometimes we think we know what we need. Sometimes we think we know what we need, but God always knows exactly what we need. And what we need sometimes does not add up to anything that God says we need. Well, here this man is. He's lame. He's sitting on the ground. His head is down, and he's trying to shake for alms. And Peter looks at him, and he said, Look on us. Who who is us? Well, that's a poor word. That's more than one, right? Well, if you look at it with a physical mindset, you see Peter and John. But Peter was, I believe Peter, oh, he had something within him that created him to be instead of a singular form, a plural form. 
If you're born again, you're never walking alone again. There's more than just you fighting the battle. There's more than just you walking in this world. If you live the life, pray and seek God, God will use you greatly in this world who could care less. And the world needs to see people who have sold out to God and had the transformational change that changes them for a lifetime, not just for one service and particular moment that the boyfriend might see you're good or not. Oh, I know I'm getting over on the meddling ground, I guess. But you know, a lot of times we see a lot of people come to the altar and they kneel down, but they leave with nothing. They confess, but they never received. They just say I was saved because I went through some scripture and I'm just going to believe that scripture. Honey, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I dropped some things that moment and it takes a lifetime for people to get rid of. Well, I used to be a smoker. Woo, son, it got dead then, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, you go to high school, you got to be cool. Well, you go find the old Marlboro man, and back then we had a smoke pit. Well, in high school, that's where everybody was at. We was all cool, we was all blowing smoke, da-da-da-da-da. Well, you get addicted to that nicotine. And you don't realize how hard it is to get rid of that until you want to get rid of that. Well, April 26, 2005, I sat on an old country church at Cobb Hill, Walker Johnson preaching the service. There I sat two pews back, sitting next to his wife. I want to encourage you something. If you're lost, never sit with a pastor's wife. <laughs> well, as I sat there, and they began to sing this old song, Oh, come, angel band. Mm, something began to take place within this boy. My eyes began to fill up with water and I knew she knew I was under conviction. I'd say she prayed until I went to pray. But on April 26, 2005, I went to that altar of prayer and I gave my life to Jesus. Well, I was a smoker. <laughs> you know, we want to quit all this stuff. All right, I've been around people that claimed they... I've been around Christians <laughs> that was smoking as well. I didn't think I was going to get no amens with that. Well, so I jump in my car and I head home. I fire me one up. Not two miles down the road. The Spirit of God, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God spoke to me and He said, if you ain't going to do no better than that, just quit. Out the window it went. I'm thankful I didn't burn Miller's Creek to the ground. I went home and I throw my cigarettes in the garbage. It's been 17 long years when I quit smoking a cigarette. Now, hey, let me tell you something. That doesn't happen to everybody. But bless God, I got the testimony. It happened to me. Well, 2005, July 7th, 1.30 in the evening. Yep. Two months later, God called me to preach the gospel. And if you'd have told me I'd been in Newark, Ohio, 17 years later, I'd have told you you're crazy. Because I didn't even know this place existed till last year. <laughs> but look what God has done. But here we have, let me try to get back to where I need to be. Here we have an individual, a lame man. His dependency was upon somebody 
He was used to it. He was overwhelmed by it. He was just comfortable with it. You pack me up there today and you come back and get me some such and such time and we can do this over and over and over and over. But like I said, when Peter and John looked at him, they seen a need that he didn't know he could have fixed. The man needed some legs. <laughs> the man needed some strength in his ankles. You know, change is good. From a cloudy day to a sunny day, that's good. From a mountain of scenery to a beach somewhere, well, that's good too. That's where most people are right now this time of year. They're on vacation. But a transformational change is even better because that's a lifelong experience with God. Well, here we have this lame man, and he's used to everybody packing him around, and nobody has ever had this vision for him. But along come some people who has been with Jesus that has a vision for him. Now here's the interesting thing about all this. You have to have faith to be able to offer. And they have to have faith and able to receive. So when Peter looked on him and he said, you look up here, look on us. He wanted to size him up. Look on us. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And he did not stop there. He said, get up from there and start walking. He had to put his faith in action. And he did just that. And when he put his faith in action, he didn't just walk around and go home. He didn't do nothing but run inside the church. And he caused the ruckus in that dry temple area. He began to praise God and shouting and leaping and praising God so much so that the people took notice of who that was. That's a transformational change. When Jesus, there's a preacher said this one time, no change, no Jesus. He make a bad man good and a good man better, but there'll be a change when Jesus comes into your life. We always changing all the time. We're always growing all the time. We build upon our faith as we carry on this journey with Jesus Christ. If we stay the same, we're not growing. If we stay the same, we're not doing anything. Well, here we have now, I asked you a question. I said, who is us? We are the representatives of the way. That's who we are. We're the ambassadors of Christ. That's who we are. We are the ecclesia. We are the assembly. We are the called out ones. We are the bride of Christ. That's who we are. We are the ones of the way. We are the body. We are the blood-washed, redeemed, born-again, spirit-filled, sanctified, separated embodiment of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. You can't put all that on a shirt. But you can get all that down deep inside your life to the point that people can realize there's been a change. And it's not an earthly change. It's a heavenly change. Yeah, it's a heavenly change. But here's the problem with our country. Everybody else has touched on it. I might as well too. Here we have this 305 foot tall precious lady standing in the New York Harbor. She's draped in a Roman cape. 
And upon her crown is seven spikes representing the seven seas and the seven continents of the world. In one hand she holds the date and the the day and the date of the decoration of independence for our country. And in the other hand she holds high the enlightenment of liberty. That my friend is the statue of liberty. Everybody that passes, migrants or whatever they are, passes through the New York Harbor, they see the symbol of freedom. Only to get to her shores and see the result of bondage. (laughs) Here it is, a lame man. He's in bondage. He's needing help. He's needing all the help he can get. He just thinks he needs money. He don't need money. He needs Jesus. Jesus can allow us to be what we never thought we could be to an extent that the world says he couldn't have got here all by himself. Oh yeah, that's a life that people need to see, a transformational life that is lifetime. So in our country, back in the 1700s, they wanted to know why our country was so great. They wanted to know why. The the American dream and the spirit of America was so strong. Well, we know that our founding of our country was built upon the principles of God Almighty. When they was writing the Constitution of the United States, they couldn't even get together for weeks and weeks. And then Benjamin Franklin said, Have you forgotten this powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? The longer I live and the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. They begin to pray before they would gather together to write this great governance for our country. And it has become one of the greatest doctrines or greatest uh, 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 writings that man has ever written. Standing on freedom, standing on God Almighty, and standing on the promises of the truth of this book. We are still basking in the blessings that God has granted of our forefathers, but slowly and quickly are those blessings fading away as we begin to turn our back from God and turning it to what we think is good and what we think is right. But this individual said, I wonder why America's experience is so great and why it's basking in all this blessing. And she went 25 years before the Statue of Liberty was even concluded. And she said, America had her pulpits. Now this is why they said that America was so blessed. You ready? America... She had heard that America, her pulpits flamed with righteousness, did and had secret genius and power. Her pulpits was on fire for God. They stood for a cause, stood for a purpose, understood transformational transformational change, and there she proclaimed that America is good because her pulpits are on fire for God. Now here we're living in a day when our pulpits are mainly six-foot icicles that have a spaghetti backbone that just back off of the Word of God and don't preach it forward, 
because we're tired of watching people walk out when truth is preached, we try to keep the crowd. But if we can keep a few people that are sanctified and born again and know a man called Jesus, you got more than those bubble Christians that blow up and go over here. And when the bubble pops, they begin to take on that church body as their home church. But when they left this church to go to that church, they packed all the garbage they heard here and went there. And now it's called conflict that people cannot even come and gather together again because of all of the negativity that has been spread out. Well, Clay City, it's just as bad as Irving. we got a church on every corner. I've got some friends who just moved from New York. They moved to Irving. And I did ask him, how on earth did he find this place? And he said, you know, back at home where we are, He said, there's only, we got, where we went to church, and he said about 25 or 30 miles was the next one. He said, I'm amazed that there's a church on every corner. My response was, we can't get along. (laughs) That's what it is. When you can't get along, you uproot and you go down the street and you build another one. And when they can't get along, they uproot and they go down there and build another one. I told him at home, I said, you know, you shouldn't really leave. You ought to just pray that God moves me if I'm the problem. Right? If I'm the problem, pray that God moves me. If I ain't the problem, I pray God moves you. (laughs) Oh, I know that ain't good preaching. I know that's not. I know that's not. But America's not in need of money. Oh, no, she's not in need of money. Here's what her need is. America's need is mothers and fathers who are committed to training their children. That's America's need. America's need is school teachers who live lives of principles and are not afraid to impart the same to the students. Principles. America needs husbands who love their wives and wives who respect and honor their husbands. That's what America needs. This is starting to get personal, ain't it? We've been blaming Congress and Washington and the Senate all this time, and I think it's coming down to a personal mindset of what we're going to be and how we're going to help this country become great again, and I did not get that from a red hat. We need businessmen who will not lie. We need public servants. Come on, not more politicians. (laughs) We need pastors and preachers who will not ponder for popularity among their people by trading God's timeless truth for self-interest and self-help doctrines. Oh, we ought not preach for the crowd. We ought to preach for Jesus. Yeah, we ought to preach for Him. We ought to stand for Him. We ought to be just like that blessed Statue of Liberty who proclaims freedom and every time you go to church you have the opportunity to be unbound, unshackled, set free, delivered, born again, on your way to glory, filled up with the power of God and the Spirit of God that it causes you to do something more for Jesus on your way to prayer service. 
Because there's a lot of lame people laying around today. They're missing the whole concept. They're just going hanging around outside doing this and doing that. But the real power ought to be in amongst the assembly of God's people where they realize there's something more there than a yelling preacher and a good song. There is a spirit of God that just comes down in a way that it just blesses everybody at once. It's like a strong wind from an eastern world just comes blowing across the congregation and blesses people as it comes by. Who are we? We are the redeemed. Who are we? We believe in the virgin birth. That's who we are. (laughs) Who are we? We believe in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. That's who we are. We believe as well in the crucified one. That's who we are. Who are we? We're the, we are the people that have gained something we should have never been offered. Oh, but God's sweet grace comes sweeping down. Where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Aren't you thankful for God's grace and the truth of God? When we get ourselves in a mess, it pulls us back out if we would only listen. Who are we? We are the people of God. Who are we? We are the people that the United States needs to be looking to for help instead of trying to shut our doors and get rid of this book and put it back in school and put it back where it needs to be. That's who we are. That's who we are. Who are we? We're born again. Who are we? We're those people that was once this one day, but now we've been transformationally changed the next. Not it don't even take a day. It takes just a moment with Jesus. That's who we are. We are people of the way, for the way, going the way. We come to the crossroad and we thank Jesus that he's already there and he went to the cross of Calvary and he said, don't worry about it, I got it. You walk by faith and not by sight. You stand firm regardless what the country says what the world says, and what people say. Stand for Jesus. And that's going to be just fine. You hang on to him. Who are we? We're the people who sold out to the world, bought into this man called Jesus. That's who we are. We're different. We're peculiar. Oh, ain't we peculiar? (laughs) We can go from one state to the other and preach about the same man. And have the same experience because he's everywhere all the time. He just needs us to be ready to receive what he has. Yeah, that's why I traveled four and a half miles up here to be part of this. I did not intend to preach. I found out I was preaching. Come on. (laughs) I've been hauled around by Brad Epperson. He's took care of me. Wouldn't let me buy nothing. I hope he's the same way going home. But God's been good. He's blessed this service. He's blessed the preachers that's been here and He will continue to bless those after after this morning's service. You know why He's good? Because you allow Him to be good. You know why He moves? It's because we allow Him to move. You know why He saves? Because people open their heart up to the moment when He begins to knock and He draws them to Calvary. And they realize just how real this Jesus is and how much power he has. Paul, you ain't got to quit nothing. You get a hold of Jesus, you want to throw it all away. 
come on, don't be trying to quit everything and trying to get it all right before you get him. You're going to need some help to get rid of some of that stuff. Yeah, and you're going to find yourself later on as you walk this Christian journey. You're going to find yourself, there'll be a lot of things come back in your mind and there'll be a lot of things tempting. You're going to have the same help that helped you get rid of it to help you get by it. And his name is Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's his name. The average age of the world's greatest civilization has been 200 years. Happy birthday, America. You're 245 years old. All the nations prior before us of that age, they have progressed through this following sequence. Find out if you see where we're at. From bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to great courage. From courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to complacency. From complacency to apathy. From apathy to dependency. From dependency back in to bondage. That's how they rise. And that's how they fall. And if we're not careful, we'll be the next one to fall. I know that's harsh. But America has been great because it's kept God where he needs to be. Our schools need him. <laughs> Our homes need him. Our government needs him, and our churches surely need him. Who are we? We are Christians. That's who we are. We are believers, Christ-like believers. Well, as you would get a song, whoever's got a song this morning, as we bring this service to a close, who are we? So my question here this evening as they prepare themselves to sing and these altars are open, who are you? Are you of the way? Have you ever gotten on the way? I pray that my message today has pointed you to a man called Jesus that could help you find the way. The way is narrow. The way is narrow. You might have to get rid of a few friends, but don't let that hinder you getting on the way. You might have to change some of your life around, but don't let that hinder you getting on the way. It's going to be worth our journey. It's going to be worth our journey when we begin to head home to glory. We're just pilgrims passing through. I just wonder, I just wonder, would there be anybody here that's lost and without God? We pray. We pray that you'll seek the way this morning. Turn to 113. This song fits this message so wonderfully. Would you be free?
kind of power in the blood. There's a dynamite kind of power in the blood. It's that kind of power that blows the darkness away and sheds light into your life. It's that power that gets rid of sin. It's that power that shakes you to the point where you've got to do something. You've got to settle it. Settle it today. Settle it today. There's power in the blood. <laughs> 